Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Arthur Richardson, and I've got with me... Colton Jones. I'm glad to have you back. Well, this is the normal day, and uh, this is not just any normal Friday. This is Good Friday. And, Arthur, hmm. our 50th episode. Our 50th episode. Yeah. High five! Oh, uh, there we go. There we go. Better reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, this is awesome. This is... Uh, this is Good Friday right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, good, good time to have an anniversary of an episode. Yeah, honestly, oh my gosh. Yeah, I just realized, but even more so. Okay, we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, just like the scripture passage that we picked is just like perfect because I, I, when I was praying about starting this thing, you know. This was just a brain baby. There were two desires that were like always pushing me to want to do this. And it was the first one of the radical shift and mindset of like, we are living under an open heaven. Mm -hmm. Like stop living as though God is this father who has abandoned you and doesn't care about you. Rather like he loves you. He wants to give you good things. But also two is the scripture passage that we're actually going to read today. So I'm without further ado, I'm just going to hop into it. Um, and this, this is, this is the death of Jesus Christ in the gospel of Mark chapter 15. And just a fun little tidbit for you, Colton. Um, this is actually the scripture passage that my wife and I use for our wedding, the, the gospel. So this, this passage means a lot to me for so many reasons um yeah so without hyping it up anymore yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna read it (laughs) (laughs) at noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon and at three o'clock jesus cried out in a loud voice eloi eloi lemma sagmatani which is translated my god my god Why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, Look, he is calling Elijah. One of them ran, soaked a sponge with wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see if Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. The veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood facing him saw how he breathed his last, he said, Truly, 
This man was a son of God. I just want to speak to a few things here. First and foremost, we call Good Friday Good Friday because of what happened as Jesus breathed his last. The veil of the sanctuary was torn into from top to bottom. In my opinion, that might be one of the most powerful sentences in all of Scripture. Because we no longer live with the heaven closed to us. We live with the heaven open to us. And that price was the death of Jesus Christ. And the prize is not just heaven open to us here and today, but heaven open to us for eternity. That my life is worth that. That my sins, my sins could not keep Jesus from doing that. Rather, Jesus did that to free me from these chains. And that is why today is a good day. And that is why tears really should flow. Not just in the sadness that we hold in our hearts because we love Jesus and he went through so much pain and died but tears of joy because he loves us to that degree, that he would lay down his life to defeat an enemy that we never could, to free us from a prison that we never could break free from. Because in this moment, Jesus rips the earth in two to prove to you and to me that whatever barriers were between me and God, they're gone. And that's... That's the most amazing thing about the fact that this is this is episode 50, right? <laughs> this is the scripture passage that drove me to want to name this podcast Under an Open Heaven. And this is it. Yeah. Colton, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I wanted to ask... Um... The significance of the veil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both in, in, in history and spiritually. I guess they, they go hand in hand. Yes, they do. Thank you for asking that because I was kind of just speaking from my own experience and my own knowledge. I apologize. Okay, what this is referencing is the city of Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, there is the temple. In the temple, there are different levels. There are different courts of the temple. And each court that you get to the center, the Holy of Holies, the place where uh, before the Babylonian exile, uh, the Ark of the Covenant resided, the presence of God overshadowed, the presence of God dwelt in a, like a tangible way. The closer you got, the more dangerous it became. Um, so on the very farthest court, uh, God-fearing Gentiles could go to, kind of. And then it was women could go to. And then it was just men. And then after that, the fourth one was only the high priest. And it was only behind the altar, behind the veil. The priest would give 
a sacrifice of incense once a year. And he would actually have uh, a rope tied around his waist in case if an angel or God should appear to him and he'd be struck dead by, by the awe and glory of God. So God is not just accessible to one person once a year in a physical, spiritual way to offer sacrifice, but rather to everyone at all times, in all places, just as Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well, that someday we will no longer worship at the mountain or at the temple, but in spirit and truth. And that is what he's prophesying, was ripping that veil that held God back from humanity, except for on rare occasion or in rare instances, but rather that he's open to all of us. And what that means for us spiritually and how that goes hand in hand with us from a historical to a, like a me and you kind of way is that I do not have to rely on another person to mediate for me in order to speak to Jesus or even to speak to the Father. That I have Jesus alive in my heart who calls me into the Trinity. And there I have an audience with the King of Kings, with the Father of all creation, with my Heavenly Father, and I am not left abandoned. I am not a child left in the dark. But rather, I'm His. I'm His and His alone. And that divide that was there, that oftentimes we still perceive as there, isn't. And sometimes we need the living Jesus to be crucified in our hearts and allow ourselves to be crucified with him and in him so that we might experience that tear of the veil. And this is the beautiful thing about the Mass, is that we are not doing a new sacrifice of Jesus every time. It's one sacrifice of the cross we just enter in. Mm-hmm. It's not just the priest laying the bread and the gifts. He actually says, may you accept our sacrifice and the sacrifice of these, your servants. That means us who are in the congregation. That means me with my petty little things that I'm giving to God. My little struggles, my, my issues, whether they're huge, big, little, you know, like all of it. All of my joys, all of who I am, with all of its limitations and all of its amazing abilities, when I put that on the altar, I'm entering into that crucifixion and that resurrection, and the veil is being torn within my life. Colton, uh, you were sharing with me before the podcast that Jesus has been doing a lot of stuff in your heart with um, with the Stations of the Cross and all of that. Would you mind just giving me a little bit more detail as well as our listeners. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go right into it. Um, so for our listeners, Stations of the Cross is a, a practice common uh, in the Catholic faith around Lent, usually every Friday churches. Uh, they, they have these, uh, sometimes they're pictures, sometimes they're statues mm-hmm. of these different moments in Christ's journey to the cross mm-hmm. Uh uh that, that symbolize, signify important moments and reflections in the faith. 
So it's sort of a guided reflection on the passion of Christ. And there are 14 different uh, stations, we call them, and hence stations of the cross. There are 14 different uh, points of reflection uh, where we consider uh, how, uh, how scripture in the past was fulfilled in that time, um, in, uh, during that reflection. And um, I, I, I have the opportunity to go to Stations of the Cross today. So today, uh, we're, we're not recording on a Good Friday, but um, I still had the chance to do Stations of the Cross, uh, which, which is a couple days uh, earlier from when Good Friday is. And um, it's hitting me in a really profound way recently. I, 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 I usually do have, you know, a deep emotional experiences with respect to uh, considering the passion and things like that, like a lot of people do, because it's it's a it's a very um, I, I put it this way: it's a very easy thing to get invested in emotionally. It's you know? a very passionate thing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 something that um, I don't think a lot of people find difficulty, or at least um, would find easier to just get emotionally invested in. But there was something else in the air. I think uh, for me personally today. Um, as we were going through, you know, the, the scriptures um, that foreshadow Christ, a, a lot from Isaiah, uh, especially, mm-hmm. and uh, also from the Psalms that sort of, the, the, the Psalms that sort of give voice to the cry of the heart, mm-hmm. especially uh, when it's encountering despair and um loneliness and being attacked by one's enemies and questioning where God is. Mm-hmm. It's there's this this beautiful sense of Christ entering into the suffering that we have, that we encounter daily and uh haven't ceased to encounter. Um and in encountering, you know, those those profound senses of Christ not only fulfilling the scripture, um, but I also had a sense uh that I was partaking in his heart mm-hmm. in those moments it's it's a weird thing to kind of consider present moment like it's about encountering the heart of god in a particular way it was almost like i was there mm-hmm. you know whenever christ was crying out my god my god why have you forsaken me uh, i felt the heart of the father looking at his son in it wrenching it, mm-hmm. it, it encountering that, that sense of sheer pain, recognizing this is my child and they're in distress. They're in pain. Everything within me wants to be with them, to help them. Um, in, in a way, obviously, you know, equivocating God's intellect to our intellect isn't a good uh, thing to do because the, they're not the same thing, but in a way, I felt like I had access to what God allowed himself to experience, helplessness. Helplessness at the sight of his son, suffering in immense torture to the point that he could no longer see his father. Mm-hmm. That was beautifully painful mm-hmm. in a way. In, in that, I kind of want to focus on the fact that beauty is beauty's not, I mean, sorry, uh, pain. P- 
pain is not something bad anymore. You know, pain used to just be synonymous with sin or suffering was synonymous with sin. If you were suffering in life, well, God was punishing you for sin. But now suffering, Christ elevated suffering um, from a sign of sin to a means of salvation. That by allowing ourselves to go through the suffering that God permits in our lives, that can now sanctify us. What was a tool for evil is now a tool for salvation. Yeah. And by entering into that, God sanctified it. It's it's an old adage in the church. I'm not sure which church father said it, but um, it's more or less whatever was assumed was sanctified. Yeah, so whatever Christ took on was sanctified by him. So he took on human nature. So our human nature through his sacrifice was sanctified. He took on our pain and our suffering and mm-hmm. sanctified it. Yeah. Made it holy, made it to be used for the sake of holiness. And I think that that's something that strikes me very beautifully. That pain no longer is something that just is an evil in itself, but it's something that signifies a great working of God. And so... That's just kind of one thing that that would be on my mind just from reflecting on the Stations of the Cross, but mainly just the um, unexplainable sense of being present with the Father mm-hmm. uh, or, or even with the Blessed Mother as she's watching her son die slowly on the cross and then holding him in her arms. It was painful and beautiful at the same time. And it was a very unique, I think, um, mm. emotional experience. And I'm really happy to get that. To have that yeah that's beautiful the last thing i want to kind of like tease out a little bit more and maybe in a little bit other direction as well for me is is the the phrase my god my god why have you forsaken me and it's easy to look at my own life other people's lives look at the suffering and struggle i guess struggle with how God is loving me, how God is doing these things. Right? Because this is the conclusion that I sometimes come to is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You have loved me so well for so long. And the funny thing is, is that when I have said that and held on to faith still, the veil was torn into my understanding was increased. My wisdom in in the situation no longer became mine, but it became God's as well. That pain for me, and this this is the point where it became salvific for me, because I've had many experiences where I've been brought to this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But where I was left with was the certain sense that God truly did abandon me and there was no way out. And I was left to my own devices. I was left to my own uh, wallowing, self-loathing, all of these things. And I would brood, right? But the, the reality is, is that when... I allowed 
Jesus to push me a few steps further. The veil was torn in two in that situation. So yeah, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters, there is a way to enter into salvific suffering, redemptive suffering, in that way is... It can be kind of um, hard to understand at times, but hopefully I gave a vague understanding, a vague roadmap that maybe you might be able to apply to your own life. Um, because at the end of the day, Jesus is going to want to do something new with you as he has done something new with me. The key is just to give him the space and the room to do it. So... Yeah, Colin, do you have any other thoughts, anything to add to that? No? Do you have a challenge? So, today, uh, it being Good Friday, we believe is one of one of the holier days of the year, you know, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Among the holiest days of the year, uh, the day set aside for the sake of prayer, for fasting, and for uh, considering the passion of the Lord, what he's done for you. Um. I invite you, reflect on his mercy. Uh, for Catholics, that could look like praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Mm-hmm. And as you go through, actually, you know, reflect on maybe a particular point in his journey to the cross. Um, the Divine yeah. Mercy Chaplet's also a good prayer for any Christian. That's true, yeah. It doesn't really have, like, it's not like the Hail Mary over and over again. It's um, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on me and on the whole world Mm -hmm. you know it's just imploring god to pour out his mercy on you so yeah yeah even if you're not catholic look into it it's a great prayer and it's a great prayer for um honing your mind in and helping uh helping you just focus on prayer so yeah i invite you uh please look into that and if you're not inclined uh reflect on that passage that that arthur read today uh the the crucifixion and death of jesus Jesus, we thank you for your Good Friday, for the fact that you welcome us into your sacrifice on a personal level, that we are not left alone, that we are not abandoned, that you have opened up a relationship to the Father and to the Holy Spirit in such a way that heaven is open to us, that we live under an open heaven, that we are not alone, and that we are your children. Jesus, I ask you to pour out your fire upon us, your fire of love. The fire of your passion. Let it burn in my heart. Let it burn in our hearts. Give us the courage to enter into you. Give us the courage to take that next step in faith to see what you are going to do. Help us to take up our cross and carry it to the place of the skull. To be nailed. And to breathe our last. So that in our lives, the veil might be torn and the stone rolled away. 
Jesus, get us ready. Get us ready for that coming day. Get us ready for the resurrection. Give us your Holy Spirit that we might fall so deeply in love with you and be prepared. And be ready to receive your warm, loving embrace. Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, ever shall be world without end. Amen. We want to thank you once again for listening to this podcast. We've got a couple more, so we'll see you again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Good Friday. May Jesus bless you and guide you to the foot of his cross. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are under an open heaven. Our email address is under an open heaven dot fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at under an open heaven dot fire. So Please go uh, give those a gander and send us any th- any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.